The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Go Green Radio, brought to you by Covanta Energy. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Rethink renewable energy and energy from waste. This program will help start you thinking about how to protect our world and its important resources. Now here's the host for Go Green Radio, Jill Buck. Welcome to Go Green Radio, everybody. I am so glad that you could join us today. We have actor-producer Raphael Sabarge on the show today, and you know him. You've seen him in so many movies. You've seen him in so many television shows. Currently, he's on Murder in the First. He also plays a recurring role in Once Upon a Time as Jiminy Cricket, and I know you've seen him in everything from Risky Business to some of his more recent movies. But today, we are going to be talking about his charity. It's called Green Wish. And if you want to take a look at the website and follow along while we talk to Raphael, I want you to keep listening to us in this web browser on voiceamerica.com. But I want you to open a new tab in your web browser, and I want you to go to greenwish.com. And that's where you're going to find some of the information that we're going to be talking to Raphael about. Welcome to Go Green Radio, Raphael. I am so happy to have you on the show. Oh, Jill, what what an honor. Thank you so much for that. Well, I'm really excited to talk about your nonprofit organization, Green Wish. And I'd like for you to start off by talking to us about the mission of the organization. Why did you form this charity, and what problem are you trying to solve? Yes, thank you. Um, you know, Green Wish really was a product of, of um, really my daughter being born and waking up one day and looking at the world and being sort of overwhelmed with the amount of need that we have out there. I mean, obviously, if you pick up the paper any given day, you can sort of uh, get to overwhelm pretty quickly. And uh, obviously, in, in, a, in a desire to want to try and sort of do something, do anything to be able to um, make a difference, um, you know, hopefully leave the world a little bit better than we found it. Um, or if, if, if not that, maybe even just not, not quite as bad as the direction it seemed like it was going. So, so the, the idea of Greenwish is essentially to support as many other nonprofits as possible, that is, within a community. It's a community-based model. And the money that then gets raised all goes directly back into not just one, but into five or six different other nonprofits that are all community-based, all doing important work right there, shovel-ready work, and really making a difference right there. So, you know, your listeners who are obviously sort of in the choir um, understand the urgency of, uh, of, of the need out there, and, and there is so much need. So what, what I found was that Many of the nonprofits that I would speak to would spend, if you, if you speak to them honestly, I mean, between somewhere between 60 and 80 percent of their time raising money. Um, mm-hmm. So that their mission, that is the very reason that they sort of came to be, is actually relegated to uh, somewhat of a background position as they try and raise money to sort of do their work. Um, now, that work obviously is important. If if they're smaller nonprofits and community-based nonprofits, they're they're not the nonprofits that are being funded 
maybe necessarily and have huge shiny buildings in downtown London, but actually sort of the ones that are sort of, again, um, uh, built on passion and hard work and sweat and, and, and really an enormous uh, care and passion for, for the environment. Those folks, those folks really, really need, need the support. So That's the so idea true. of Greenwich would be then to essentially funnel money to them and let them do the work they do. Um, so we have chapters now in various cities. We have one in Los Angeles. We have a chapter in uh, Lawrence, Kansas, one in St. Louis, uh, one in Kansas City, Missouri, one uh, uh, in process in Denver. We're in discussions in Hawaii. Um, we're also um, uh, opening our first international chapter in Edmonton, and another chapter in Canada is also in discussion. So what, what people like is the idea that they can start a chapter of Greenwich. What we do is we give, we literally make it possible for you to have access to our EIN number. That's our nonprofit uh, number. You can start sort of an instant nonprofit, as it were, in your neighborhood, that is, um, in your community, um, with very little money, three, four, five hundred dollars, something, something very small. You can literally begin a nonprofit. We give you all the back end support. That is, in this case, we've got free banking from Bank of the West. We have um, accounting and bookkeeping support. We have um, uh, designs and also staff who can sort of help support you start your chapter. And then what you get to do is be able to identify the issues that are going on in your community. That is, the the, the organizations, the groups that really are doing important work. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's very little um, uh, imposition of uh, sort of a Greenwich National, um, you know, you have to do it this way, other than the fact is that, that in general, what the chapters are focused on is earth, air, water, and sustainable education. Um, I love it. We've, We've, we've tended to uh, try to encourage people to, you know, when they're dealing with animals, to really deal with natural habitats and, and wild, you know, wild animals as opposed to domesticated animals, only because that, that is, while also a very important issue, is, is a little bit um, uh, off purpose for us. But what these chapters do, and, and they, they do it with such excitement and glee, is they get to sit down and then begin to sort of figure out who's doing the important work in our community. Um, and 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 how are they? You know, how are they using their money? And and what are they? What are they giving back to us in the community? And and what we then do is we you know work with them. We send them an application that is these 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 nonprofits, and then they we adopt them. That is, each chapter adopts their chapters, and then the board then begins to work um, to uh, really within the community to make people aware. Not only, well, not only to bring the nonprofits money, but also to make people aware of the work that they're doing in the community. So we feel, secondarily, that Greenwich chapters also bring, you know, a, a great deal more attention um, again to some of these nonprofits. Absolutely. And, you know, that's a brilliant structure. And there's an organization I'm very familiar with as a mother of three um, that operates on that same structure, and that's the PTA, the Parent Teacher Organization, which has been around for 115 years. It started off the National Congress of Women. And the national chapter does the exact same thing. The national organization allows local chapters, and then those local chapters focus on their local schools, but they fall under the umbrella both for tax purposes and insurance purposes which is a 
can be a tremendous burden and administratively and financially to local organizations. And it works really, really well. And so that is a super way to organize this. Now, I know that you have both the national organization and chapters. I'd like to talk a little bit about the national organization and give our listeners an idea of some of the people who are involved on your board of directors and staff. Who helps you with this, Raphael? Yeah. Thank you. Um, well, I can say um, sort of one of the icons of the environmental movement um, uh, proudly is a part of what we do, um, Ed Bigley Jr., um, mm-hmm. who's, a, who's also a friend and um, uh, a man of, uh, in a way I can say, <laughs> in this audience who needs no introduction, who's done That's you know, right. so much. <laughs> and who, who is, um, as, as uh, so many people I've spoken to, he really, he, he talks the talk and walks the walk, right? He's, he's the real deal. Um, Absolutely. God bless Ed Bigley. And um, Ed, um, uh, I came to Ed with this idea. He loved it. He loved the idea of there being an umbrella of green. So that in this case, if you're you're not just giving to one, but you're giving to multiple groups, he obviously liked it also because he's more often than not asked to be on board, you know, on the boards of many of these organizations. So this was a way in which, you know, the funds of from Greenwich could go directly to, uh, as as they say, you know, again, a um, a, a whole assortment of, of different groups. Um, we also keep our costs. I just should mention, by the way, down to ninety percent. So, so um, I, I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, I said that backwards. Essentially, 90% of the money goes to the organizations that we identify. So we try and keep That's our costs very, very low. Impressive. Um, I take no salary. Um, everything is done really about giving uh, giving the money to the community. So Ed, Ed Bagley's on on the board as is his uh, his wonderful uh, and and uh, uh, remarkably funny uh, wife, Rochelle Carson mm-hmm. Bagley as we know from uh, living with Ed, um, and then also Sharon Lawrence, and uh, and then a host of other uh, sort of remarkable members in the community who are not necessarily celebrity-based, but really um, are doing important work, you know, uh, leaders. And, and uh, the contractor, for example, who has built Ed's new Platinum LEED certified home, he's on the board, a remarkable man, um, uh, uh, Scott Harris, as is also... Uh, then Preston Brooks, who's a who's an, uh, a very important attorney in the in the environment and and really making a difference in terms of kind of really holding polluters accountable, um, and on and on. They're they're just wonderful people um, uh, who are really in this case providing uh, both leadership and and then guidance for these chapters as it opens up. I mean, you know, I love what you said about the PTA. I think that's just so that's so insightful and and uh, and and uh, just spot on. Um, what what in this case we're trying to do is give people the tools. Literally, it's just almost like an open source charitable giving concept that mm-hmm. you can take it. If you're feeling anxious and frustrated and, and overwhelmed, fight the apathy and, and, and take up the charge, right? Uh, do something right. that can actually make a difference and know that the money is going right back into your community. Well, I love that. And I think, you know, for some people, when they look at forming a nonprofit, even if it's just at the local level, just the idea of applying for a 501c3 uh, with the IRS is so onerous. And it's very difficult. It it, can be expensive. And you've taken that away. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. No, right. I mean, I, I, you know, um, I... I guess I, I've spoken to so many people who, I mean, I, you know, many people are aware of what these problems are, but, but I, and I know that the headlines that we read are often there to try and get people's attention because there's so much noise that, you know, that we're all battling through, um, you know, in, a, in, our, in our daily, in our daily lives. Um, but that the headlines 
I think do a potentially dangerous thing. While they do bring awareness on the one hand, they also potentially engender a a, a sense of, uh, I don't know, potential apathy and, and well, it's already a done deal. Um, there's nothing we can do. Why even try? Um, you know, it's a fait accompli, you know. Um, Doom and gloom? <laughs> yeah, I mean, almost sort of a, you know, screw it, um, uh, if that's okay to say. But, uh, and I, and I, I get concerned about that for, um, for, for adults and for the children, for the next generation. I, you know, I, I, I have two children now, um, both of them, and I talk about this all the time. Um, uh, sometimes they roll their eyes at me and say, oh, daddy, but I know mm-hmm. it's getting in. You know, I know it's getting in, and it's, it's, it's really important that they understand that they're the stewards of this planet and, and how and how important it is to continue our efforts. Well, that's so true. And actually, later in the show, I want to talk to you about the documentary that you made, Is There Hope for Planet Earth? And uh, spoiler alert, the answer is yes, but I love the way that you get to that, and we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. Um, you know, I know that you are a parent, and uh, you know I am as well, and that was my aha moment. That was when I realized that environmental pollution and degradation had a direct impact on my children's health and their future, and that's when yeah. I myself got involved. And I think there are a lot of our listeners who are going to be very inspired to get involved with Greenwish and, and maybe start a chapter in their area. You've made it so simple. We're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we'll have much more with Raphael Sparge. And in the meantime, I'd like for everybody to take a look at the website. It's greenwish.com and check out how easy it is to start a chapter in your local area. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Ready to chat about your favorite soap operas? The Daytime Discussion is here with Dan J. Kroll and Soap Central Live. For the past 15 years, Dan has been dishing and discussing on SoapCentral.com. And now he's taking the talk to the airwaves of the Voice America Variety Channel. He'll go behind the scenes with the biggest stars of daytime, along with guest commentary from the Soap Central columnists. And we'll take your questions and comments during our live show. Soap Central Live, every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, everybody. So glad that you joined us. And if you just tuned in, let me catch you up. Our guest today is actor and producer Raphael Sabarge. He's been in all kinds of television shows, some of my favorites. Of course, Once Upon a Time, Murder in the First are the most current ones. But even some of the goodies that from a few years ago, like 24 and Prison Break, I'm a huge fan. But I'm also a huge fan of what he's doing for the environment and for future generations. He has started a charitable organization organization called Greenwish. You can check it out at greenwish.com. And it's not just one of those great big Hollywood centralized kind of organizations, not at all. In fact, what he's done has he's made it easy for people to start a local chapter of Greenwish so that they can fund directly their own local efforts to go green and to protect the environment in their communities. And so while we're talking with Raphael, I want you to check out his website in a new tab of your web browser. Keep listening to us in this web browser and on voiceamerica.com, but check it out. It's greenwish.com. Now, Raphael, I know that you have a big event coming up on July 29th. It's to benefit one of the charities that you support at the national level called Friends of the Los Angeles River. I'd love for you to tell us about that event. Yes, thank you. Um, uh, Well, for your viewers who maybe are in Los Angeles and would like to come, um, uh, tickets are available. We're we're just uh, putting out the invitations uh, today and tomorrow. But here's the background on it. Um, We received, that is, Greenwich received a generous uh, grant from the California Institute of Contemporary Art. Um, And they are uh, a wonderful group that really is intent on promoting green ideas and education and green values, um, and um, and they love the idea of me being able to mingle both, in this case, the nonprofit um, and uh, my background with my media experience, as well as then also um, my passion for education in this case. And so they supported us um, uh, by uh, allowing us to sort of do these documentaries. So the first documentary I did, which was released last year, which was called Is There Hope for Planet Earth, um, was uh, very well received and in conjunction with uh, a wonderful professor from Caltech, a climatologist. And that's available actually um, to everyone online um, on YouTube or on our website at greenwish.com. You can find it. Um, it's a short film. It was really designed to speak to the ideas of climate change uh, for for both adults but also school-age children um, and um, and to make it as personal as possible and, and not political, uh, as clear as we can from a scientist's point of view. The film that we're um, doing on the 29th is, um, of July is a, a new film which focuses on Friends of the L.A. River. You know, um, Los Angeles, which many people don't know, um, was essentially founded on the river, um, mm-hmm. on the Los Angeles River that was, uh, that was initially... Well, originally, uh, uh, if, if the word is, um, uh, well, uh, inhabited uh, peacefully for centuries by the Tongva tribe uh, of Indians, uh, Native Americans who lived here. 
Uh, it was uh, back in the 17, uh, mid-1700s, the, the Spaniards uh, sent out, uh, you know, uh, uh, emissaries to find new places to colonize. And in this case, uh, the, the uh, particular expedition that came through California found the Los Angeles River and, and, and said that it was the most beautiful garden spot they had found. Um, and they spoke to the lush, amazing uh, river and, and uh, trees and that it was, a, it was like a magical garden. Um, Father Juan Crespi is, is one of the uh, gentlemen who we have diaries from of the Portola expedition. They built a mission here. And 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 now, 19 million people later, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the river is in a very different state. Um, what happened is, and this is a fascinating story I found, um, the river itself uh, was uh, a natural river, meaning when it overflowed, western rivers in this case, generally there's a slow flow uh, throughout the year, but then during times of, of great rain, it overflows its banks and tends to sort of wander a bit, right? Um, mm-hmm. In this case, what happened was as the land and as the, as the sort of the explosion um, in the early 1900s, 1920, 1930, of, of, uh, of really people moving here and seeing how great it was and finding orchards and the fertile ground and, 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 and really making and Hollywood and all of those things, the, the river became someplace that they built around as the land was very valuable, but when it overflowed, it overflowed and created just enormous disasters. So in 1914, 1936, and then ultimately in 1938, it was a terrible flood, terrible flood, one of the fifth worst floods uh, in, in history as per the, 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 the Red Cross. Um, they decided finally to go to Congress and try and fix the problem. Well, the Army Corps of Engineers came in and made a concrete channel where the river used to be. Mm. And most residents in Los Angeles who live here drive over the, the Los Angeles River, and if you point it out to them, yeah, that's the river, they literally laugh at you. And they say, what? <laughs> Come on. And, 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 and if you actually sort of sit with them and talk, they know that's the Los Angeles River. What, 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 what occurred was that the Army Corps, using thousands and thousands of tons of concrete, turned it into the most efficient way in which it could be, uh, water could be sent directly to the ocean um, for all the development. But in so doing, what they did was they destroyed the natural habitat. So Friends of the mm-hmm. LA River is a nonprofit, a local nonprofit, one of the nonprofits that we support through Greenwish in Los Angeles. And they are actually working um, now in partnership with the, with the Army Corps of Engineers to restore the river. And, and there are parts of it um, uh, that is about 11 miles of it that now have an actual bottom, that have natural habitat, that actually have birds and wildlife and remarkable things happening. People can actually interact with the river. It's become sort of a massive potential green space in a city so known for concrete. So mm-hmm. this is the story about all of that, and it is a, is a film that we made. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a shorter film. It's, it's 20 minutes um, as opposed to, you know, longer. But it, is, it is ultimately will be um, available to Folar, uh, that's Trans Bailey River, um, for, their, for their educational. Uh, they have a rover that goes, from, goes to schools and, and talks to kids about what's going on in the community. So it will be available to them and, and to the others to sort of show them kind of the work that's being done. That is fascinating. And the only thing that, that I was thinking when you were talking about 
tunnel that was created. I remember the scene in the movie Grease when they're racing cars. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, that was in the channel that you were talking about, the big concrete it area is. where they were That's racing right. cars. And it was a trickle. There was hardly any water in it, you know, just enough That's to make right. a splash a you, little. You've also and seen so, it in Terminator and also in Chinatown. I mean, it's been used in a lot of different movies, um, Grease. And, and, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's become kind of the iconic kind of uh, yeah. image of kind of degradation, you know, and, and natural, yeah. you know, man's destroying nature in a way. And yeah. and there are, you know, in cities around the world now, um, I mean, in Korea and Germany and even what they've done in Boston and, and, and um, uh, in terms of sort of changing and restoring, you know, the rivers so that they've become more natural habitat and, and less of a sort of a man-made sort of a water control device, which is what that it is would be, here. That would really be something if L.A. were able to restore, you know, its natural habitat around that space, because most of us can't remember when it wasn't just concrete. You know, speaking of taking this film and, and you know, helping school children understand about what's going on there, your website, greenwish.com, also has some resources for teachers that are Common Core compliant. And we have a lot of educators who listen to Go Green Radio. So I'd love for you to give us some of the details about what you offer to teachers on your website. Oh, thank you so much for, for mentioning that. Yeah, that, that was indeed also a part of what had um, the grant that we got from uh, the, uh, the the CICA, the California Contemporary Art, we I worked with two teachers um, to develop a essentially uh, a guide uh, towards helping teachers, you know, really provide you know green and sustainable ideas for for uh, for their classrooms. Um, we've put together reading guides as well as then lesson plans, and then specifically created a lesson plan around. The, the movie that I mentioned earlier, the, Is There Hope for Planet Earth? Um, the, the idea being is that, um, you know, obviously teachers, um, particularly in the Common Core area, are, are, are woefully unsupported um, with, with their, uh, you know, having to maintain these standards and, and, not, and not given enough support. So where I, I've been very excited about sort of increasing the, um, uh, the tools with which they can use in classrooms. So this new film, the Friends of the Alley River movie, will also be available with the lesson plan um, in the coming months on the website, as is also another series that, that I did with Ed Bagley Jr. on the building of his Platinum Lead Certified Home, um, which is called uh, 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 Gee Whiz. Um, uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm, big, I'm blanking, too, because I had him on last year to talk about that. And you can find it, though, on, on the web very easily, and it's it's hilarious. I have to say, you were behind the camera on that one, weren't you? You were the one that was kind yeah, of directing that. Yeah, and, yes, and that was so funny. His wife cracks me up. That was a really good series, and I know that our listeners enjoyed that. Ed is, Ed is a crack up. But I think what's so great about what, you know, there are no shortage of environmental education programs out there, and a lot of them try to come up with curriculum and a lot of them try to come up with things for teachers to do but they don't respect the fact that teachers have to meet standards and so the fact that what you've created is common core compliant I know will resonate with our listeners who are educators so much because actually even though common core standards have been adopted in most states in the union there is still 
woefully little out there that's common core compliant that is also environmental education. And so I know that they will appreciate that very much. Um, Thank you. And- you really speak, you speak with authority. You understand exactly what, I mean, that's what we work with. I work with two PhD students who are particularly sort of adept in the common core um, uh, demands. And, and so, and they also understood the requirements of teachers. So that was exactly what you said. Well, you nailed it. You nailed it, Raphael. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and, and I know this because actually my nonprofit organization, the Go Green Initiative, is one of the largest environmental education programs globally. We work with schools in all 50 states and in 73 countries around the world. And this is exactly the kind of resource that we're looking for to promote to our teachers. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we have so much more with Raphael Sabarge. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Museums are great places to work and wonderful places to visit. But are they essential? How can we improve our museum practice so that museums remain vital and essential players in society. Listen for Museum Life with host Carol Bossert, where each week we'll discuss timely and topical issues of concern to the museum community. Museum Life can be heard live every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, everybody. So glad that you could join us. And just in case you've only now tuned in, let me catch you up for a moment. Our guest today is Raphael Sabarge. He's an actor, producer. You've seen his face in so many things. Uh, But he is actually a real champion of environmental protection, environmental education, and so much so that he has dedicated some of his very precious little spare time (laughs) 
he's an, a very busy man, um, to creating a nonprofit organization called GreenWish.com. And it is a national organization that allows people to create local chapters. And they make it very easy to do that. So if you happen to be in a far-reaching location somewhere and you would like to form a chapter of greenwish.com you can do that so easily check out his website greenwish.com and you will see how to do that now Raphael, i would love to talk with you about the documentary that you made that was released last year it was entitled is there hope for planet earth and i'd love to talk to you about what inspired you to produce this project yeah um thanks i mean i uh it, it what inspired me was sort of my just my my frustration um, with the fact that we're still talking about whether or not climate change is real, and um, what what I wanted to do was to try and make a film that did three things. Number one was speak to this from a scientist, literally a climatologist, um, Jess Atkins, who's um, uh, a remarkable teacher at you know arguably one of the finest universities in in the world, uh, Caltech. Um, I mean, other than MIT, those 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 two universities are are obviously the the you know the the benchmark, the the, the high water mark of of sort of forward thinking and and scientific thought. Um, mm-hmm. So to go to him and speak to him about this and and to do it so that a I could understand it, um, so that school age children could understand it, um, and that it was apolitical. Um, and and the way that I got to that was really about talking about because Jeff is a wonderful man, but he's also he's also a dad. Um, and to talk about his experience, um, both as a scientist and then also as a father. Um, so we, uh, uh, Jess was on the board uh, for a period of time in Greenwich and, and uh, uh, just, uh, you know, was willing and open to sort of take this on. And we shot this with the cooperation of Caltech um, at the university. Um, the, uh, the movie was, again, funded by the CICA, um, California Contemporary Art. And, and we, we delivered this uh, to, to teachers and, and, again, are, are intent on making it available to folks so that they can understand, um, you know, what's going on from, 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 the sci- from a scientific principle point of view, um, you know, as opposed to it being a he said, she said. I mean, literally shot in the classrooms of Caltech. Um, finally, the, the last thing that I wanted to do was to hopefully, um, uh, well, <laughs> hopefully provide hope. Um, uh, that's, that's okay to say. But what I, what I wanted to do is I wanted to not necessarily just create another uh, sort of chicken little documentary. Um, because I, I, I believe in this case that we all need to be continually inspired and reminded of how important this is, but that, that, is, that there, is, there are things that we can do. And, and so um, I've had people thank me for the documentary who said, who, some people even said, you know, I, I thought I knew about climate change, but I, I, I so appreciate it. I learned a bunch, uh, a bunch of new things, but in addition to that, I was so happy at the end of it that it gave me a sense of um, uh, empowerment to be able to feel like I could do something and, mm-hmm. and that they weren't sort of shut down by the gloom and doom. I think one of the things that really stuck out for me um, it, when I was watching the film is when Jess said, 
you know, in 2050, no one's going to be debating is climate change real or not, because it'll be here (laughs) and everyone will know it. What they'll be talking about then is what were these people doing back in 2015 um, to make a difference? And he actually gave several concrete things that we could be both from a scientific standpoint and from an everyday person standpoint that we could be doing that could actually make a difference. He was talking about, you know, carbon sequestration technology and actually pulling some of the carbon that we've put into the air out of it. But then he talked about why conservation matters. And I think that was super powerful because sometimes people feel like, what does it matter if I recycle my can or bottle? Does it really matter? And he made the case so beautifully and so simply, but, you know, in such a authoritative way that yes, absolutely. Conservation on the individual level matters and makes a difference. I loved that. Absolutely. Oh, I'm so that. glad. I'm so glad. I mean, he, he, he is a scientist. Um, and, and, uh, and in this case is an authority, um, uh, it was interesting when I came to him initially because uh, he was excited about the idea of being able to work with Greenwich and be able to talk about this uh, because, you know, many of his sort of compatriots, that is, other climatologists who have sort of stuck their head up and tried to talk about this have been castigated or turned into sort of scapegoats, you know, again, across the political spectrum. And he, he wasn't he, – he, he, he kept saying to me, this is not a political issue. Um, I, I don't understand why it continue, people, you know, it, it, it baffles my community why people are uh, so, somehow want to sort of keep this football in that arena because it, 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 it's, a, it, it's all based upon very basic science. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, and there are organizations and there are people out there who, well, and they're on both sides of the spectrum. Like there are those who, you know, don't believe climate change is happening and they will say, well, if we've already done it to the earth, then, you know, we're, we're doomed anyway, so there's nothing I can do about it. And then there are people who, on the other hand, do believe climate change is happening and they they kind of act as though we've passed the point of no return and it's all downhill from here um, and humans are really in big, bad trouble. And as a parent who has got three kids and I've got DNA in the game, <laughs> I, can't, I cannot accept that. Um, and I'm curious what you say to folks with that kind of an attitude, Raphael. Yeah, I so appreciate what you just said. Um, uh, I have DNA in the game too. And, and, um, it's interesting because there are people who are friends of mine who say this, well, it's already too late. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, they've read some report on the internet, you know, it's too late. We've already got too much carbon in the atmosphere. It's too late. Yeah. And I I I believe it it, it makes me angry in a way because I feel like it's not what I want to say to them. And and is is essentially that what I would say to someone who believes that, you know, there's no such thing as as climate change. It's the same conversation, which is I'm going to do nothing as a result. Um, You know, uh, I I believe that we have a responsibility, not just as parents, but as citizens of the earth, to try and do something. You know, if you're not doing something for the planet any given day, whether it's whether it's recycling, you know, considering you know your you know your consumption, um, you know, limiting the amount of beef and 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 carbon producing um, uh, products that you consume, you know, really considering what you do in terms of uh, you know fast food or or plastic bottles, single use plastic. You know, there's a lot of different things that are in this, in this discussion, but that if you're not considering 
doing something for the planet every day, then, then, then you know, <laughs> as much, I agree. As my 10-year-old would say to me, seriously, Daddy? Seriously? You know, <laughs> I, um, Aren't they the best? <laughs> Kids can really you know, put you in your place very quickly when they know, when they're like, empowered huh. with knowledge about, you know, things we should be doing for the earth. They, they are great little reminders. I know that from mine. You know, Raphael, in addition to all of your on-screen work and your off-screen charitable work with Greenwish, you also... Um, serve on the parent board of the Environmental Media Association. And I would love for you to tell us about that organization and what it aims to accomplish, specifically with the the people who are on the parent board. Yeah, um, that's a, an incredible organization. The Environmental Media Station is, a, is an enormous organization here in Los Angeles, started by Norman Lear, and, and really with the intent of... Uh, well, with the awareness that media and, and, and how, you know, all the media we consume really does affect our thought, both uh, subliminally and liminally, right? So, I mean, <laughs> consciously. So, so that what they've done is work with um, those of us who work in the media to try and, you know, use, use those platforms and those outlets to affect uh, change. And, and they've done an incredible result. I mean, Part of one of the things that even the, the parent board really uh, sort of helped, uh, really, I don't know if they initiated, I don't think they initiated it, but I, I know that their their efforts made an enormous difference to it being seen uh, seen as a uh, as a victory. Um, is eliminating plastic bags um, uh, in in the in Los Angeles. So, you know, the 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 reducing plastic bag use. Obviously, plastic bags are just sort of a scourge, um, both mm-hmm. in the oceans and and um, and everywhere else, frankly. Um, but that it is a it's a um, uh, you know it's an opportunity on the parent board for those of us again who have you know large social media presences and are in front of cameras or or, or basically who where, you know, because we are recognizable and on, you know, perhaps your favorite show, maybe people will listen to us um, in a different way and, and hopefully be inspired. But that, that amongst many other things, are, are kind of, uh, you know, what they've been able to do. They, they're also producing a great deal of media as well. Um, and and they're, uh, they're just, they have, I mean, I get, I get emails from them in terms of their accomplishments, and it's just every month. It's just astonishing the work they do. It's ema.org is their, um, is their website, and, um, you know, they're, uh, they're just, a, just a monster, monster good organization. Well, and, and I can tell that there's some influence. I mean, I know they give out awards every year, and you will see a variety of media that that get awards they're not always something about the environment i mean what what we're starting to see as just you know i'm just an everyday person certainly not a celebrity but i'm starting to see things like characters walk in to their homes with reusable grocery bags in a in a you know tv show or you know you're starting to see fewer um, characters drinking out of plastic water bottles i mean it's very similar to when you saw hollywood start using seat belts and stop smoking and (laughs) things like that i think these subtle environmental role modeling options for characters are very powerful and you know could have a lot of impact on not just young people but i think you know older people as well who watch their favorite tv show and see good behavior on the part of their characters when it comes to how they treat the environment. We've got to take a quick break, but when we come back, we have much more to talk about with Raphael Sabard. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. 
stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join host Gary Ray as he shows what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Tolvanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Tolvanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information, about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. So glad that you could all be with us today. Our guest, Raphael Sparge, is talking to us about his nonprofit organization that I am a huge fan of. It's called Green Wish, and you can find it at greenwish.com. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, just in case you missed it, though, it's not just a national organization supporting national environmental charities you can start a green wish chapter in your own local area and Raphael, i'd love for you to talk about how our listeners might be able to do that give us the process please yeah um if you're interested in starting a chapter in your neighborhood um you can reach out to us at greenwish at greenwish.com and someone on our staff will get back to you um what we would then do is we have various sort of uh very simple guides and uh and outlines as to what you would need to do to start a chapter uh we have someone on staff who would work with you and sort of mentor you as you started your chapter and basically what you need is a president Maybe that's you, um, and then a couple of friends, someone to be secretary, someone else. People generally um, who share the passion and are interested in, in trying to make a difference. Um, we uh, we then the we with your impetus, we then can set up a bank account for you at Bank of the West. Kindly, uh, they've they've given us uh, support for all of our chapters. Um, you get um, insurance, you get access to our EIN number, you get, um, in this case, bookkeeping support, and um, and access to the website and everything else. Uh, we make it as easy as possible for you to really create a conduit for giving. I, I can tell you, from, from my point of view, having set up, initially set up a chapter in Los Angeles, 
um, when I sit down and write the checks out to the to the nonprofits, I I, I literally uh, you feel like Santa Claus um, when <laughs> you're able to send, send these checks out. And and um, I know when I first called uh, one of the early some of the early nonprofits and said, "Hi, Ed Bagley and, and the board of, of of Greenwich have identified you as a recipient of Greenwich." Um, in a couple of cases, uh, one one particular that I remember very well, um, the person burst into tears, and they said, you, "You have no idea how much we need this money, and how creative this is, and and how uh, wonderful it is to be able to have this kind of support." Um, uh, so, these are these are the nonprofits that really are doing good work and and doing important work in your community, and and um, you know, chapter after chapter, we're just hearing just wonderful, wonderful success stories. Well, I would imagine that after listening to what you're doing, and I'm so excited about it, and I know our listeners are as well, that some of our listeners may want to get involved financially. Maybe they want to donate, or maybe they're, they own a business and they want to become a sponsor. What's the process for that? Yes. Well, again, you can you can reach out to us and we can give you various options. Um, one of the things that we've done as well is a point of purchase cards, which have, in this case, they're cards that you can put in a retail business. Um, the, the wonderful thing about that is that they then have the websites of all of the nonprofits that you support. Um, that is, again, uh, retailers saying this is a community helping community. Um, uh, you know, we, we, this retailer stands for that. Um, in addition to that, um, uh, what, what, what's great about that is the retail also gets a tax deductible contribution for all the money raised, which is wonderful for them. And they get to promote, promote through their various, you know, outlets, you know, the work that they do. Um, we have, uh, we have also worked with event, uh, you know, uh, people who want to create events and, and want to, in this case, perhaps not seem like they're picking a favorite. So by using Greenwish in this case, you're not just giving money to one, but you're giving money to five or, you know, depending on how many, how many that, that chapter is being, you know, uh, how many uh, designees that that chapter uh, has, um, you're giving to multiple nonprofits. And again, that's a really good feeling and, and, and a great for, for event, uh, event creators to feel like they're spreading Spreading the love, um, and again, mm-hmm. all community-based. Um, there, there, um, there are various different options, and, and we've worked with both um, businesses um, and people, individuals, um, and and uh, anyone interested in really trying to sort of uh, maximize their giving. Um, we all know um, if you're if you're slightly aware, um, uh, and, and again, open a paper, go on any you know any website any given day, you know uh, the, the the level of of um, of need is so enormous and, and the urgency is, is high. We're, we're definitely, uh, we're at a place with the planet where, where we have to be doing everything we can. So this is a way, uh, to help, you know, many. Um, and, and, uh, so that's why, that's why I think Ed, Ed Bagley and, and the other folks who have gotten on board with this idea are so excited about it. I, I just love it. I think it's ingenious the way that it's structured and the way that people can get involved um, right there at their local level. You know, if if you could look into your crystal ball for just a moment and your greatest hopes and aspirations for Greenwish actually come to fruition, Raphael, what will the organization look like in five, 10, or maybe 15 years from now? Yeah, I mean, Thank you for asking that question. That's a great question. I mean, because I, we've asked it internally as well. The, the idea in this case would be that Greenwich chapters could exist, you know, in every city um, or or many cities. Um, it, it, it works um, any place, frankly, that it wants, would want to be created. Um, uh, and that's why I'm so excited about the first international chapter of being in Canada um, in this coming year. I, I am um, I'm interested in the idea of 
smaller nonprofits getting the attention that they so deserve, um, and that in this case also to provide not just not just um, you know not just funds but also awareness about the work they're the work they're doing in the communities that they're in. Um, ideally, Greenwish would be um, in this case you know uh, sort of a, a ubiquitous idea that would be you know, in city after city, that you could go to that city and donate that Greenwich chapter in that area. Um, what what what's great about about the the kind of the as you mentioned the PTA concept, which is that this is these are impassioned individuals who really care. In this case, about their kids. Um, similarly, this is impassioned individuals who really care about their kids and the environment. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and, and 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 what what we get to do is you know uh, uh, work with these nonprofits and then rotate them so that also each chapter then doesn't have a lock on just five nonprofits that after 24 months that 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 shifts and changes and gives opportunity for other nonprofits to come through. This this idea, which you know, it's what you hope for any idea is that uh, that it becomes you know I'm I'm the founder of this idea you know having worked with Ed and Rochelle to really shape it which I'm so grateful for, you know, their support and their leadership and their, and their trust and faith in, in this idea and, and working with me. But, but ultimately, it, it's so much, you know, what you would hope, what I would hope is that it's, it, it becomes much bigger than anything that's about me, and it's really about an idea of people taking ownership of, of, of uh, the way they give and, and finding a vehicle to give. You know, if you, if you don't have money, give time. Um, if you can, give both. But, but really to sort of be, be, be thinking about how you can give because, there, indeed, the, 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 uh, the, the call to arms is now, and, and we really need to do whatever we can to help the planet. Well, and I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised, Raphael, because I think what you're going to find as more and more people find out about Greenwish, um, that, that there are millions of like-minded people who are going to get on board with this idea and with this concept and with the structure that you've put in place. And I think that you are going to s- succeed and exceed your wildest expectations because this is truly a fabulous idea. And I want all of our listeners to make sure that they follow up after after you listen to this show, get out on greenwish.com. Check it out. If you have children in school, check out the resources that they have for teachers. It's all free. And as we mentioned earlier, it's all Common Core compliant, which we know is something that teachers need. Good resources that are Common Core compliant. So, Raphael, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you to all of our listeners for being with us. We'll be here same time, same place next week with more Go Green Radio. And until then, have a wonderful week and do something in your life to go green. Did you get some terrific ideas from today's show? Please join us for more next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. It's Go Green Radio with Jill Buck here on Voice America. Go Green Radio is proudly sponsored by Covanta Energy, a leader in providing renewable energy solutions for a cleaner world. Visit www.covantaenergy.com for more information. We'll see you here next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.